Hey guys, spoilers ahead. We're back this week with Nikki and Laura, and this is Breakdown from the Couch. Yep. This is the podcast that breaks down some of the best and worst movies on streaming services. And this week, we got a hold of Secondhand Lions. Yes, we did. Okay, so I pulled up our summary, and this is the summary found basically just on Google. It says, a shy adolescent boy, Walter, who is Haley Joel Osment, is taken in by his, excuse me, taken by his greedy mother, Kira Sedgwick, to spend the summer with his two hard-boiled great-uncles, Hub, Robert Duvall, and Garth, Michael Caine, who are rumored to possess great fortune. At first, the two old men, both set in their ways, find Walter's presence a nuisance, but they eventually warm up to the boy and regale him with tall tales from their past. In return, Walter helps we... I cannot talk today. Yeah. Reawaken <laughs> their youth. All right. Shall we jump right in? Break this down. All right. First impressions. Okay. So I was a little apprehensive about this one only because... I was so excited about it. Well, no, not so much that. <laughs> because I looked at it as like a kid's movie. It kind of is. It it's is. It's kind of like an older kid preteen movie. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like when this came out, I looked at it and stuff. And it was like I was 18. and well, I Yeah, had, we were like in high school. Yeah. It's like I had no interest in watching it <laughs> when yeah. it first came out. <laughs> but I will say I think that you did a good job. Well, thanks, buddy. You're welcome. Yeah. I watched this... When I was home after getting my wisdom teeth out. So oh, you nice. know I was stunned. Oh, yeah. I was hopped up on that hydrocodone stuff. Right. But I saw this and I just kind of fell in love with this movie because, honestly, it spills more tea than the Boston Tea Party. You nice. got just advice after advice That's after true. advice. Had some good stories. Exactly. Yeah. And so I just, I love this movie. Yeah. It's, it's one that I do reach for when I'm, like, sick and not feeling well. Aww. Throw it in the DVD player, wake up in 30 minutes, see what's up, go back to sleep. Right. It's one of those movies. All right. Well, I guess so the first scene opens up. We've got these, you know, two old guys flying, flying in. a plane. A plane. A, mm-hmm. One of those biplanes is what yeah. they're called. And they're having a grand old time. And they end up passing a uh, police officer who is actually asleep in his car. By going under the overpass. Exactly. They went so under you know the overpass. shit his pants. Right. <laughs> And it ended up clocking at 120 miles per hour, and that's what woke up the sheriff because yeah. of the, the noise and stuff like that. Yeah. And so that's how the movie opens. Well, then that sequence ends with a phone call. Walter, it's Sheriff so-and-so. I'm calling right. about your uncles. You need to come home. Yeah. So then it jumps into May, who is Kira Cedric, Walter's mom. And you can tell she's a slut. She's just... She, Kira Cedric plays good crazy. She does. You know, somebody who's not, like, full-blown, like, we the jury find the defendant crazy. Right. But, like, just a little off to be like, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she actually is in the process of driving Walter off to these two older uncles. She's going to ditch him to go to the Fort Worth School of Court Reporting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever. And it was, I just thought it was funny, too, how at one point Walter was like, how is it my uncles? You're an only child. I and love then, that. <laughs> and then he, she had to explain that it was actually, I guess, her uncles. So it would be yeah, like, like his... Yeah, her mother's brothers is right, what she said. Right, um, And then we are introduced to the dogs. Yeah. You know and there's the a dog in a movie. I'm going to know about it. And the pig. Yes. Wilbur. Wilbur. That's yeah. probably not his name. I think yeah, they just I call him know. pig. Yeah. I don't think he had a name. Right. But... Yeah, there was, like, what, four or five dogs? Yeah, just a bunch of scraggly mutts running around. Yeah. Typical farm dogs. Right. Yeah. 
And so they jump up on the car and stuff like that, which scares Walt. You know, he's like, oh, you yeah, know, Yeah, you can tell out. this is, like, not necessarily a sissy boy, but kind of like a sissy boy. Like, he hasn't yeah. been around things like animals or outside. Right. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, he he's is... kind of cooped up probably in wherever his mom is staying all exactly. the time. Exactly. And then... Uh, you see Kira Cedric going to the house. She's going, you know, you guys have to teach him how to be a man because these two old boys don't give a shit. They do not want yeah. this kid at their house. No. And well, no, wait. First, they had to go find him. They were like down at um, the river, weren't they? Oh, that pond thing. Yeah. They were like doing shit. What were they doing? They weren't fishing. They were like shooting shotguns into the water. Yeah. So I guess their interpretation of fishing. Okay, after it, pretty much. Yeah. Um,. So, but here's the thing. Kira Sedgwick's character, as crazy as she is, it's like, you know she can talk the skin off a cat. Yeah, that's true. Like, she just gets her hooks into somebody, and as soon as she sees that opening, Well, that's how done. that's how she ends up, you know, we find out later that she's been married a bunch of times. And yeah. I'm sure that's how she ended up with most of those uh <laughs> Most of those, yeah. Is through talk. Okay. So. so, kid ends up staying. Yep. They give him this long... I don't want to call it, like, a pep talk, because it's really not, but they're trying to tell him, like, okay, if you need something, you're on your own, or go without. And it's like, oh, by the way, um, if we die, you're on your own. Yeah. Because they basically make it sound like, you know, that they're going to die, like, any minute. Yeah. So that's I mean, very much, these guys don't have much experience no. with children. <laughs> well, and I just think it's funny, though, too, because it's like, okay, fine, they're on the old side, but it's like, you know, it's like, come on. It's you not like they're say that to somebody. Well, not only that, it's not like they were in their nineties yet. I'm yet, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's like you're old, but you're you know, unless you have some horrible health issue, you're probably gonna yeah. be fine. Sit down, you're okay. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. And then um, from there, we get into there's all these like salesmen and people stopping by. Well, we're skipping something really important. Oh, I'm sorry. The trunk upstairs because they send him to the oh, very highest, right. basically that closet tower thing of a right. room. Right. He finds the trunk and is intrigued. He finds the key, opens it, and finds a photo of what I'm is like an Arabian woman. Yeah, very they beautiful don't give like 100% and hundred percent detail on where she's from. Beautiful woman, yeah. you know, young. And then that night, right after he finds that photo, he sees Uncle Hub, who is Robert Duvall's character, right, walking outside and he's sleepwalking. Yeah. And with the plunger. With the plunger, <laughs> using it as a sword, and the kid, like, curls up next to all the dogs who are sitting yeah. in a row watching. He's like, he's sleepwalking. It's like, dude, they can't. They don't know yeah, they don't about. know what you're talking about. But then, of course, they wake up the next day, and salesmen. Yes, all the salesmen. And mm-hmm. so, basically, they're sitting there with their shotguns. Yeah. And I think, like, three three separate salesmen showed up. Yes, and like across they, the course of a day. And they just sat there waiting for them to come and mm-hmm. basically took shots at them. I want to say the reason, part of the reason why this movie is so close to my heart is because I know assholes like that. Wasn't your dad like that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the kind of thing that my father would have done Yeah. if today's gun laws weren't so restrictive. That's God true. rest my father's soul. Right. Um, but apparently that's when you realize they're doing that for fun. Oh, yeah. That's, that's like the way they pass their time because they never buy anything, mm-hmm. but they shoot at the guys that are trying to sell them stuff. Right. Yeah. And all these guys like seem to know like, oh yeah, this supposedly they have all this money. Yeah. You know? I love 
Walter's reaction the first time they shoot at a salesman. Oh, yeah. He drops and, like, covers his ears and, like, covers his head and goes fetal position. He is ducking down like there's a bomb coming. I mean, I can't say I blame <laughs> him. I'd be freaking out, too. I know, right? Okay. Maybe it's because we live, like, in the, the burbs slash mm-hmm. city area. So, yeah, you don't see people with shotguns all that no, often. No, not at all. And what I did notice is there's a lot of different character actors throughout this movie that mm-hmm. I've seen in a million oh, yeah. places. Oh, yeah. Um, one of which is Adrian something or other. He plays the salesman that comes back. Okay. But before he comes back, we get introduced to the other relatives. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> those assholes. Yeah. Okay. So there's husband and wife. I don't even remember what the characters' names are. And they have the three little heathen children. Yeah. I mean, the girls probably just... Stuck up, but the yeah. boys are heathen children. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, they They're, show and, up. Yeah, and they are not happy that May's son is there. Exactly. That's when you hear, you find out more about his mom. Because oh, yeah. the the guy, the husband of the family is like, May, Pearl's daughter or something like right. that. And she goes, yeah, that loose widow woman. So, you kind of figure <laughs> out, okay, so this is kind of a recurring thing for his mom. She does this crap all the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so at that point, I think, doesn't the guy end up scaring him off and he runs off? Yeah, because they're trying to talk the uncles into dropping him off at an orphanage. Yeah. So, yeah, he freaks out, takes off, and he finds, y'all, legit, a payphone. What? We don't have those anymore. Yeah, what's that? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) And Walter ends up calling Fort Worth School of Court Reporting. Right. And then at that point... He, you know, asks, like, okay, well, she, like, you know, this is her name, you know, she's registered to go there. And so, at that point, he gives her, you know, May whatever. He gives her, like, seven names. Gives him, yeah, like, seven (laughs) names. And then, finally, the lady is, like, you know, he's, like, well, she, like, just, she just registered and started there. And the lady informs him, well, the class was started, like, back in January, so mm-hmm. there's no way she could have just started. Yeah. And so that's whenever he realizes, like, oh, crap, you know, mom, lied. of course, lied about it and, and that, left me. That little heartbroken part of me, because when the uncles catch up to him, yeah. first off, uncle is driving the the relative's car. Yeah. And the relative's in the back seat bitching about it. Exactly. I absolutely love. Yep. Because that, again, echoes of my father. But anyway, so... They pull up, the uncles go sit down with Walter, and that's when he does the whole, she lied. Yeah. Again. Exactly. That again hit me right in the feels. Oh, yeah. Ugh. And then, of course, Garth is trying to talk him into coming back. Hub is like, because, like, which way's north? And he's pointing. I know. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He's like, you can go. And, you know, Garth is, like, swatting his hand down. Yep. And then it occurs to them, guess who hates Walter? The relatives. Yep. Guess who the uncles hate? The relatives. So they take him home. If for no other reason than to piss, piss off, him off. The, yep, piss <laughs> off the relatives. And I again, it's just this movie's got a lot of those, you know, moments where it's like they're thumbing their nose at the world. Oh yeah. Because they've got all the relatives sitting on the porch and blistering Texas heat <laughs> because this is placed in Texas. Oh yes. And they've got Walter on the other side of the porch drinking a cold root beer. I know, in front of them to, <laughs> you know, to rub it in their face and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's true. And that is when our Adrian What's-His-Face, who plays the second salesman, come, or the salesman, right. comes back. 
Was this whenever he bought, they bought the, uh... The skeet shoot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that, the relatives were saying, no, you know, you're not going to buy that. That's stupid. And so, mm-hmm. so that made him, of course, want to buy it even more. Right. And Walter's the one that was like, well, what is it? And the guy's like, oh, this is the thing, you know, sportsman. Yeah, premiere. only afford yeah. this. And then how does it work? Like, he's playing right into the infomercial Walter. Right. Like, he's just giving this guy an opening. And then, yeah, the relatives are like, no, not happening. And, and then they buy we'll it. take it. Yep. Yes. I love that. And so they show them and they're ski, you know, skeet shooting. Mm-hmm. And With stuff Walter like that. has like the potholders over yeah. his ears to protect his hearing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I like how they show the passage of time in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because at first you see Walter's like struggling to pull the spring back and then right. pulling the lever. And he's like putting a lot of effort into it. And then it cuts to what I guess is like a couple weeks later where now he's just like, no problem. Exactly. And they just, that tells me that they're doing that stuff every single day. Right. It's like he's starting to become strong. Yeah. So instead of shooting at salesmen, they're now shooting the clay pigeons. Yep. And then this is actually where we start finding out the story within the story. Mm -hmm. Because Walter follows Hub back out to the pond. And this time, Garth is there to meet him, because Walter was going to try and wake him up. Right. And Garth put his, Uncle Garth put a stop to it, and then he starts talking to them about being Shanghaied into the Foreign Legion, because they were going to go through Europe one step ahead of the Nazis. Right. So, it goes through, and I love how they tell the story within the story, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen Drunk History. A little bit. But that's bit. kind of how they do the voiceover, but it's not drunk history. He's <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> we were shanghai into the Foreign Legion. And it's a lot of, like, they don't have a lot of lines on the flashback. Part. Right. It's right. all, like, big facial expressions and big movements. Big explosions. Big explosions. Yeah. And I just really like that because it adds that air of it being that tall tale. Um, let's see. So from there, uh, the salesmen keep coming. Yep. But now the uncles are actually buying. Yep, they're buying everything. Damn near everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I really like that. And then there was the overalls. Yeah. And we're retired. Retired people garden. I have the... My mom has the black thumb of death. Right. And I've inherited it at least partly. So there's no gardening for Nikki. No. I can barely keep silk flowers alive. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that is bad. <laughs> okay. So again, they're kind of showing time marching on, all that right. good stuff. And I like I like the scene. I don't know if we're quite there yet. Whenever they give him some chewing tobacco. Yes. And he, he, gets and he sick. acts like he's going to die. Yeah. And I love that reaction because most movies are, you know, the kids are like, oh, uh, it's so gross. Yeah. They had Haley Joel Osment straight up look like he's having a seizure. I know. <laughs> I know. They're like smacking him on the back and, you know, stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I think it's probably true for a lot of kids, you know, it's like they don't know, like, okay, you're not supposed to actually swallow, swallow it. it. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're supposed to chew and spit. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Still gross. It is. But uh, then we get to... Walter's getting the mail. Yep. And he gets a letter from his mom. His mom. And then that's whenever he sees that it's postmarked in Vegas. Yeah. But she's still keeping up the lie. Yeah. I've been working so hard at my court reporting. And he checks the Vegas label and he knows. Well, and I like how it started off with her voice reading the letter. And, you know, even... As soon as he gets to that lie. Yeah. He's done, yeah. and you don't, you know, hear anymore. And you know, she's even asking, like, you know, so have you found the money yet? 
Yeah. You know, have you found their money? That's right, because on the drive over, yeah. I don't know if we talked about that, they're supposed to have all this cash hidden away somewhere. Right. They were gone for 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the whole reason that she dropped him off was mm-hmm. hmm, maybe, you know, he'll either find the money or maybe they'll fall in love with Walter and then we'll get all the money after they die. Basically what the other relatives are exactly. trying to pull. All the relatives are yeah. trying to pull the same thing. And then Garth walks out. They're in overalls. Hub, of course, is bitching about it. Of course. And then, hey, Walter, I got clothes for you, too. Go change. Yeah. They come out to the garden, and they're gardening, and they realize something very important. Oh, yes. So, basically, he's noticing, like, hey, why are all the crops, like, they look the same and stuff right. like that. But why each row is supposed to be different. Exactly. He's like, hey, mm-hmm. what row is this? Oh, that's supposed to be beets. Oh, well, this is supposed to be... Like cabbage. Yeah, cat. you know. I like whenever he says bok choy and hub is like, <laughs> what, what, what the hell is bok choy? He's like, it's like Chinese lettuce or something yeah, like that. I, <laughs> I love that. That's like the old white man answer. Oh, for sure. And, and I that, absolutely And love back that. then, too, especially. Right. You know, so... And then that's whenever they realize, like, no, this is all corn. Every single row is mm-hmm. corn. And that's where Hub gets mad, because he's basically got this attitude like, I could have shot this guy instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you're making me garden in stupid overalls. I have a yeah. feeling I would have been friends with Hub. Very much so. Yeah. You are the hub to my Garth. I will admit that. That's probably true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I love this movie too because things happen very quickly. That's true. It's like, okay, we're done with this one. We're moving on to the next one. Right. Because in the very same thing, the lion arrives. Yes. You see the truck driving up with the giraffe sticking out its head and all of that stuff. I'm not going to lie. Like, I knew, obviously, that there was going to be a lion, you know, At because of point. the title. But I was kind of like, oh, man, I would have wanted to keep the giraffe. Right? <laughs> okay. So, we see the giraffe. We see, like, the truck driving up. And these two guys on the side, it says, like, exotic animal delivery or something like right. that on the side of the truck. Yeah. So, we see that. And then, you know, they end up... Um, unloading uh, one of the crates and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then that's whenever you realize it's a lion. Yes, but it's not a very good lion. No. (laughs) It turns out it's actually, it's supposed to be like an old lion. It's like a zoo reject, I think is what they called it. But she's laying there, she's not doing anything. And because Hub and Garth have run out and they're in safari gear with their guns because they're going to shoot something. I found that so messed up, by the way. (laughs) Because I love it because they tell, they tell uh, you know, Walter to open it up, you know, and that, you know, they, he was wondering why. He's like, well, because we're going to shoot it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not, if I was him, I'd be like, I'm not opening this up. You open it up. Yeah, they're like, pull this and, and jump back. I'd be like, you pull that yeah, and jump back. exactly. But Walter being Walter. Yep, so he does it, and the lion ends up just staying in the crate. It yeah. has, it's, you know, like you said, it's old, it's not, you It, know, like, burps into its paws and just yeah, kind of ignores everybody. It kind of ignores everybody. And then at that point, for whatever reason, they all of a sudden have morals. Like, oh, well, we can't shoot it if it's in the crate. You were going to shoot it because it was <laughs> exactly. in the crate, like, two seconds ago. <laughs> exactly. Well, and then I love it because Walter's like, oh, you know, he's like, can I, basically, can I have it as a pet? Yeah. And I'm kind of thinking, it's like, but what about all the dogs and the pig? Here's my thing. <laughs> Walter straight up looks at them, can I keep it? Yeah. Like it's another dog. Exactly. So I, that's how, that's the other way I know this kid is not, this kid has not seen much of the no. world. Because this is a very different animal. Well, and then, but then you also have to think about the guys too, because they're like, 
Oh, yeah, that's fine. And then they leave him alone with this with lion. With flesh-eating, man-eating lion. Yeah, it's like that lion could have obviously easily turned and attacked the kid. Which, yeah. You know. It just, it cracks me up. Yeah. And I love the fact everything's done, even like the serious parts where you start hearing, where they start really getting into like dropping the knowledge bombs and all of that right. stuff. It's all really done with this sense of almost funny and safety and kind of like that. They're not doing stuff in a way that would make this movie for the for older kids. You know what I mean? This right. is like that preteen section where yeah. the important stuff needs to get hurt. So oh, that's true. That's why I really like this movie. Because, yep. let's see. Um, oh, and he names her Jasmine. Yep. And Hub has fit. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we, because at, at that point you're like, well, what's his deal? Like, why is he freaking out? Mm-hmm. And I think that's whenever uh, Garth goes into the story. No, he'd already told him about Jasmine. Oh, okay. Yeah. They hadn't, I think, gotten to where a lot of the stuff really happens. It's kind of like he introduces them at the end of the Shanghai part of the story. Oh, that's right. And then that was it. Like, they faded back out. And now they're... So he knows her name. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't name her Jasmine. And then oh, they go they go to the feed store next. Purina Lion Chow. Uh, you know that stuff is gonna be shit. Yes, and I'm trying to Google it to see if it's a real thing. I I doubt it's a real thing. I'm looking that shit up. You're right gonna now. look that shit up right now. Nikki's Purina gonna Google Lion Chow. You know me and Google. Yes. So, is it real? Okay. Yes. Here we go. All right. What? Uh, Break it down. Let's see. <laughs> it's here. I saw it a second ago. Purina Lion Chow. Okay, so I've just looked it up. Actually, it says, Actually, Purina makes many kinds of chow, including goat chow, deer chow, and wild boar chow. But the sight of the massive bags of dried lion chow is still funny. So, no, it's not real. No. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think that it was. But it's one of those things, even as an adult watching this, you're like, Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. true. So, yeah, they're basically... 50-pound um, bags. Yeah, 50-pound bags. It's taking Walter and Garth to both throw it in there. Meanwhile... Hub just throws it over his oh, shoulder yeah, like he's, it doesn't weigh in. Yeah, it's not a big deal. He's just chunking it in. Mm-hmm. But then he has what we presume is a heart attack. I don't know if I would call it a heart attack. He just kind of gets dizzy and passes out. Yeah. And they end up at the hospital. I'm sorry, one of my favorite things is coming. But first, let's hit with the backstory. Because while Garth and Walter are waiting to find out what happened to Hub... Right. They go back into another flashback. Yep. And that is where he explains how Jasmine was promised to another a sheik, but, you know, Hub and her got married anyway. So it kind of continues on with that backstory. You see, like, the evil sheik. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's... And it almost yeah. looks like all of, like, the... the um, Stereotypical st- Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, what it is, basically, and it didn't click with me until recently, mm-hmm. in the 1960s, a kid looking at that kind of stuff, that's how he would imagine those things, because that's what the comic books look like. Well, that is true. So, at this point in the backstory, the sheik, like, takes Jasmine away to his harem... She says, I'm not going to marry him. I'll kill myself first. I'll slit my neck first before yeah. I marry him. Exactly. And then Hub saves the day. Right. He goes in and, you know, saves her and they ride off into the sunset. Yep. And Garth 
the voiceover cuts back to him and he's like, they lived happily ever after. And Walter's like, well, what do you mean? Because, you he's know. He's here with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, where's, you know, where's Jasmine and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So what are you talking about? And then before Garth can really get into it, we see what I call the flying bedpan. Oh, yes. <laughs> the tray, the bedpan, the food, it all goes out and you hear Hub Where's my damn pants? Yeah. Because he's done. And he comes storming out of the hospital room. And he's like, who brought me here? And then he points to them. He's like, you too. And they're both shaking their head. Like, not me. Not me. I didn't do it. I actually have a fun fact about that scene. What's that? So the doctor or whatever, the person, the guy that plays the doctor Mm -hmm. is actually Haley Joel Osment's father in real life. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't even think to look at that. And then I actually looked up his dad because his dad also has an IMDb. Mm-hmm. So he was Haley Joel Osment's manager, so a dadager. Oh. And he was in like nine of Haley Joel Osment's like movies. Just like cameos? Yeah. Just like bit parts, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I guess there's perks to yeah. Having a kid being an actor. I guess. It's, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I also know that Haley Joel Osment has a sister who also at least did some acting, too. Okay. So, but, yep. Cool beans. And Just then, of course, I would add that. we go into one of my favorite sequences. Uh-huh. The gang fight at the rib shack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that was pretty, of, that was pretty badass. That was pretty badass. Especially yeah. for, like, a kid's movie. Yeah. So... Hub is still mad. He don't want to go home. He goes to, I guess, like a little barbecue convenience yeah. store type thing. Yeah. I mean, just a mm-hmm. little restaurant type thing. So they're hanging out and they're just kind of, you know, shooting the shit, eating some ribs, which those ribs look damn good. They by really the way. did. And these ter- stereotypical, like, Bad boys from, from the 1960s. The, right. Like black leather jackets, white t-shirts, cuff jeans. Kind of like greasers. Yes. But for the 60s and not the right. 50s. They walk in and one of the guys tries to eat some of Hub's ribs. Which, like, what the hell, man? Like, so why? Just well, I know, but it's <laughs> like, yeah, why are you trying to steal my food? Right. I mean, you try that with a fat girl, I'll stab you with a fork. Right. Like, it ain't going down like that. Exactly. So... That's what really kicks it off, because this is where some of the knowledge really starts dropping. Because Hub is like, this is what's wrong with the youth today. That's yeah, true, too. And what did he say? Something about, <laughs> ever since this boy has been off his mama's teeth, no one's basically given him any discipline. Right. And then the kid, of course, is hearing this, but Hub is not talking to the kid. He's ignoring this right. jackass completely. Exactly. So the kid's getting all mad, and his friends are like, get him! Get him! Which starts the fight. And I love that Garth is like, they're just kids, Hub. Don't kill them. <laughs> <laughs> right? And uh, you're looking at it and you're thinking, okay, that's like, what, four guys? Yeah, four going guys. against one old man and they've, all, they've got knives, he doesn't. Exactly. And Garth is not the least bit worried. No. Walter's kind of freaking out until the fight really starts. Right. And then he's like, okay, he's fine. He's like an old man, 1960s old man ninja. Yeah. He's just kicking these guys' butts exactly. all over the place. Well, I love how he gives the one kid the knife back. It's like, no, you have to come at me like this way. I know. He and like so the kid, sure enough, this guy how to yeah. stab somebody. So the kid lunges at him the way that uh, you know that mm-hmm. Hub taught, you know, showed him. And then that's whenever he takes him and basically twists his arm. He dislocated that yeah, guy's shoulder. He did. Like you, like I don't know if all the popping and cracking on that scene was real or right. fake, but 
it sounded like somebody got dislocated. Exactly. And during that whole thing, um, you know, it shows him, like, throwing a guy out of the thing into his car, and all of this stuff is going down. Right. It cuts to the family. So the woman, the husband, and the three little heathens going to the hospital. Yeah. And they walk in, you know, where's Where's... Hub McCann? Oh, he's gone. And they're thinking, oh, he's dead. Yay. Yeah, they're, like, practically trying not to bust into shits and giggles and laughing. Exactly. And... They're oh well he had a full life and the doctor's like no he just left <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you can tell the doctor's not really broken up about the fact that he left against medical advice yeah yeah he's like whatever mm-hmm. so that's what brings the relatives back to the shack they get there before Hub Garth and Walter arrive and then that's whenever the two younger boys see mm-hmm. the crate. And so they go over there and they pry open. Let's break it. Yeah, Those let's break it. Shits. I know, right? And okay. so sure enough, they start taking off the, like the the, the wooden, panels. yeah, the yeah. panels of the side and stuff like that. And that's whenever they see the lion. And see, that's another thing. They're so ill-equipped to deal with the lion. They just left it in the crate. Yeah. Doesn't let her out. Just throws her a stake like a couple times I a day. No, it makes me kind of bummed. The other thing that I thought was funny, and this would never happen these days. I've never seen anybody do this now because there's so many other options. Okay. They took the cold steaks out of the fridge. Yeah. And, like, because they drove home. Hub oh, that's drove, true. <laughs> like, the teenagers that he kicked their butts. Yeah. To their house. Yeah. And he's, like, slapping steaks on their eyes because yeah. he's giving them all black eyes. <laughs> Which I'm looking at, you know, this day and age I'm going, that is unsanitary. Well, not that only. That is nasty. Not only that, there's no way you would actually bring the guys home with you. Hub did. I know. Well, nowadays... <laughs> and my dad would, to be honest. Yeah. And that's who Hub reminds me of. That's true. But see, nowadays, people would have recorded the fight, and that thing would have been on, on their YouTube, cell phones. For yeah. sure. And there would have been police involved. Oh, for sure. Stuff. Yeah. Okay, so jumping back, the heathen children end up letting the lion out. Yep. She goes straight in and goes into the cornfield, which is now probably, what, four or five feet tall? Oh, yeah. And she's just having a blast. And exactly. And so Haley Joel Osment, he goes out there to give give her a steak. And mm-hmm. then that's whenever he notices. Yeah, like, he opens oh. it and drops it. And he's like, oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> and so they start looking for her mm-hmm. and everything. And they, I think they do they do find her in there. Um, first, Haley Joel Osment was out. We need to call him Walter because yeah. that's his character's name. I know. The kid is, like, looking through the corn because he thinks he hears her. Right. And then, like, she jumps out at him, and you can tell, you know, she's loving on him, but from the porch, Hub and Garth think that he's being attacked. Right. And then she drags him into the cornfield. Yeah. And so they come up with what I call the firing squad. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody runs into the house. Everybody comes out holding guns, like rifles, and even, like, the heathen children get a hold of these yeah. things. Which... That's stupid. Yeah. Put your kids in the damn car. Right? <laughs> exactly. If you can't trust them not to let a lion out of a cage, why are you handing them firearms? Right. <sighs> but then, yeah, you're right. They eventually walk into the cornfield and find out Jasmine's just... She's fine. She's chilling. Yeah, they're hanging out together. And I think even Garth said, like, this is probably the closest she's ever been to... A real jungle. A wrinkle, yeah, like a jungle type situation. That hit me in the feels, too. Yeah, I know. It did. Um, and then, of course, it ends with, you know, the relatives are mad. I'm not bringing my children back while that animal's here. And they're like, <laughs> okay, bye. bye. Yeah. <laughs> Deuces. Yep. And then uh, before the four young teenagers leave, they're out there and you see Hub talking to him. And he's 
giving them the what every boy needs to know about being a man speech. Mm-hmm. So that's where you really see Walter go from like what his mom's character calls him later, that doubting Thomas, yeah. to where you can tell he's just eating up everything these guys say. Right. Because he's like, you really went to Africa? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, cool. Yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> that big, wide-eyed belief, you know? Right. So, as Hub is giving that speech, uh, Garth goes in and basically gives the conclusion of the story within the story with Hub and Jasmine. Right. It talks about how... There was a prize on their heads. They were fighting all the time. And Hub and Garth hatched this plot. They're going to pretend to give Hub over, collect the gold, and then run. Yeah. Uh, they walk in, and Garth is... The first version Garth gives is he saved the day. He, okay. like, had ten, hundreds of pounds of gold on his shoulders, but he ripped out his sword, and he's kicking butt. And the kid's like, really? Yeah. It's like, I don't believe like, that. Well, Hub helped a little, and then yeah. it shows like what you know <laughs> what the actual really? happened, right? <laughs> which is uh, Garth carried the gold to the horse, and then met Hub outside after Hub kicked a bunch of ass. Which, by the way, that whole Arabian dungeon, mm-hmm. the the prison guard people, they look like S and M characters. Yeah, they do. I mean, I know kids won't recognize that. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. But still, dude, I like, know. No. You know the parents that were watching it were thinking that. They were just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> this was such a good movie till now. Yeah, I know. It's like we can't tell our kids. Right. <laughs> um, and then he ends up going up to the sheik he, where the sheik is sleeping, and he like puts his swords to his throat. And then they have a little fight, and then he spares the sheik's life again. Right. But in this scene is where some of the most... The most important line in this movie, I think, really is, which is, defend yourself. Yeah. Because remember, Hub throws the sword at the Sheik, mm-hmm. and that's what he tells him to do. And then there's the whole, I've spared your life twice. Uh, spell, I have spared your life twice. If it happens again, basically, your life is mine. Mm-hmm. And then they ride off into the sunset. Right. And that's the last that Garth talks about what, what happened when they're youth. Okay. So now, the teenage boys are driving away. Hub comes up to the porch, and he's feeling his age. This is where he actually starts feeling like he's an old man. Right. So he talks about how soon he's going to basically be dead, and Walter's freaking out. Yeah. Walter is freaking out. He doesn't like this. He doesn't like what's being said because he's finally... You can tell this is the first time he's had, like, a real home right and now here's he feels hub. safe and yeah. yeah and now here's hub going on about how well we're gonna be dead soon so now instead of kind of freaking him out because he'll be all alone in this weird place he's freaking out because he cares that they're alive yeah they're not just strangers to him at this point right um and that basically I think because Hub is feeling old, he decides to buy a plane. Yeah. The plane. <laughs> the plane. The plane. They we'll get back use. to that. Um, they buy a plane. They put it in the barn. They're going to put it together. Uh-huh. And Garth is like, you're an idiot. And what kills me is they're unloading the plane off the truck. And I'm sorry, you know for a fact which salesman has been selling them all this shit. Yeah. And Hub is like, do you have any directions? And he just basically hands him a magazine. <laughs> He's like, here you go. And, again, it kind of shows that, you know, he's 
It's almost like having a midlife crisis at 60. Yeah. Is what it looks like. That's just it. So were they 60 or I feel like they were older. I don't know because I don't know when this movie was supposed to really take place. I know yeah. it's in the 60s. Right. Um, so we cut into what I call the last sleepwalk. Yeah. So Hub is out. He's once again, he's got his plunger. Mm-hmm. He's at the shore of the pond and uh, Walter walks up behind him this time. And he kind of throws a quilt on his shoulders. Yeah. Hoping to wake him up that way. Yep. He doesn't wake up. He just curls up with the quilt. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I love the fact that Walter kind of stands there. He doesn't really know what to do at this point because he's trying to wake him up. But Garth said that when he tried to wake him up, he almost took his head off. So he just literally, like, shoves the guy and runs away for yeah. a minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uh, and from there, you get into a bunch of the feels. It's you can't die. Mm-hmm. You can't. Because at one point, Garth was talking like he was going to, Hub was going to kill himself. That's what they were afraid of. I know. And he's going into this whole, you can't die. I need you to give me the speech. You know, you owe me, basically. Yeah. I want you to do it. And you get a portion of the speech, which I'm not going to give away, mm-hmm. but it hit me in the feels, too. Yeah. It's And it's not something that's, like, big and grandeur. It's just those simple truths about faith and belief. Right. So... Uh, let's see. And, of course, Hub promises, yeah, I'll stick around. Mm-hmm. So he's basically told Walter he's not going to kill himself. So, again, they're showing life is kind of moving on. They're working in the garden. Now they're actually eating the corn they've been growing. Which, I'm sorry, I bet you their poo was effed up from all that corn. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first thing I thought well, of when I saw it, They're them. eating corn, sausage, and eggs. Oh, and steak. Those are the only things we know That's that true. they've had. Oh, and with a couple of old men from the 60s, they ain't eating vegetables. Are you kidding? Yeah, that that's true. Walter actually sees Garth one night going out to the barn. Follows him in. Watches him go up and out of a cellar. And there's he brings up cash. And there's probably like $50,000 in cash that he brings up with him. Yeah. Big wad of money. And Walter, of course, goes down and he's looking up at the dogs. And he's like, does this look stolen to you? Yeah. It's so, like the dogs are going to respond back. Right. Well, the same thing. He's sleepwalking. Yeah. They didn't respond to that either. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but um, it kind of puts that, it chips away at that faith. Yeah. That he's built up with these two guys this whole time. Right. Because he's wondering, okay, you know, did they steal it? Exactly. Or, you and know. it becomes like, my mom's always lied to me. Right. And he's starting to trust these guys, but this money doesn't look like. Right. You know, a 10,000 gold coins, which exactly. is what the sheik supposedly gave for him. Right. And, of course, like, it shows, like, the next night, guess who shows up? Mom. And she brought a Stan. Yeah. Fucking Stan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, basically, the guy that she brings, you know, with her is saying mm-hmm. that he's, you know, oh, he's a detective, like, in the movies. And she's like, a private eye. A private eye. And he, you know, flashes this badge or whatever it's at him. It's not real. Yeah, you can tell it's not real. Yeah. And he basically tells them, like, you know, no, you know, they actually, they were bank robbers. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's how they got the money. And you can tell, I think they did cast Haley Joel Osment a little old for the role he was playing. Because he has this, well, what about Jasmine? And then the guy's like, oh, Jasmine was the getaway driver. They left her for dead. Yeah. And it's still that wide-eyed, 
thing, like that big, wide-eyed, right. child-like thing. But at this point, I think Hannah Joel Alden is like 14. Well, I, I do actually have one interesting fact. It said since Haley Joel Osment went through puberty during filming, the film yes, was shot did. was shot in sequence. As the film progresses, his voice can be heard getting deeper, especially at the end, and that yeah. was towards the end. It was, so, yeah. That makes sense. Okay, so that was something I was going to touch on later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole time, you know, this Stan guy is like, you know, they're awful people. The money should be ours. It's still stolen money. Yeah. We have just as much right to it, Which and that's make, when... Yeah, it's like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Right? <laughs> like, I could, I could see if he was like, oh, you know, we'll we'll turn it in, or something like that. That would have made, yeah. if he had said that, that would have made a lot more sense. Which is why I think Walter really sees that right. it's bogus. And yeah. he's like, they couldn't have done it. They were in Africa. Right. And that's when his mom is like, you're an idiot. Why are you believing these old men? They've lied. You know, they're liars. That's all they are. It's like, well, you are too, bitch. Exactly. So, and I have to say, I do love the outfits they put here, Cedric in. Yeah, they're pretty. I mean, they're pretty for being from the 60s. Yeah. I just don't like her character. Well, but that's of course. the point. Right. So, they're asking Walter, where's the money? Let's just go for a walk. Because they're trying to get him to tell them where this supposed all this cash is. Yeah, and so they go take a walk, but the mom doesn't join them. It's just him and Mm -hmm. Stan. We're going to have a talk man to man. He's a child. Yeah, exactly. Or at least he's playing a child. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So he walks Walter into the barn and punches him in the gut, knocks the wind out of him. Which, yeah, I was like, what the hell, man? Because he's a kid. Because Stan's a prick. Well, yeah. And then you find out, oh, he's gotten in trouble with lots of people. Well, they're from Vegas. So Stan bummed money from some bookies. Right. And he's trying to figure out how to pay it back without getting his kneecaps cut. Yep. So then it's Walter delivers my favorite line out of the whole movie, defend yourself. Right. I love that. Yeah. And then he kicks the guy in the balls and runs away. He does. So he runs away, mm-hmm. Stan catches up with them, and then that's when Jasmine jumps Jasmine's, out. yeah. Yeah, Jasmine jumps out and attacks the guy. Yeah. So basically, because he's, like, smacking the kid around, she flies out of the cornfield. Right. And I do love the comedic turn of this, where he, like, looks back and then looks, you know, hits the kid again and then looks up because it's like, yeah. did I just, you can see yeah. his head. It's like, did is I that just a see lion? lion? Yeah. And then, of course, she starts just tearing him up. Yeah. And then that's whenever... The uh, noise draws everybody outside. Right. And that's yeah. when they um, run out there. And I think they did have their guns. They did. Yeah. The uncles ran out with guns. Uh, May, who is Walter's mother, is freaking out. She's screaming. She's crying. They're like, get the car. He's got to go to the hospital. She's like, yeah. I can't. Yeah. And they're like, get the damn car. Right. Which is what I would be doing. Well, yeah. Of you know. course. And then we find out, though, like, because at first you're thinking that the guy is dead. But in reality, unfortunately, it's, it's the Jasmine. lion. And they're talking about, you know, her heart gave out, but she was protecting her cub. Right. Because the kid was like, she looks happy. And you know me and animals. <laughs> you probably cried like a bitch, didn't Shut you? Shut up. <laughs> I didn't cry like a bitch. I expressed a few tears because I'm not dead inside. Okay, well, you know, <laughs> Sorry. No, you know me. I cry at Disney movies, so this, That's of true. course, punches me in the feels all the time. And so, you know, it ends with him talking about how she was a real lion. Yeah. And then it fades into what I guess is a morning a couple days later. Mm-hmm. The kids all packed up, and they're getting ready to say goodbye. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny because, you know, 
they show uh, Stan, and he's like, I guess technically... Stan the mummy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he, he was supposed to be like in traction. Is that what that's supposed to be Something like? Something like that. I but think... like you said, he's basically bandaged up like a mummy. Mm-hmm. Like he can't even really move. And he's like got his arms held up right. by the, the traction Exactly. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, so basically he's, you know, Walter's wondering like, well, you know, where are we going? And she's like, oh, well, we're just going to, we're going to go to Vegas and drop Stan off. That's what she tells the uncles. That's, That's what, what she tells yeah. Hub. Because Hub, this is where you can tell they've been growing more and more attached to this right. kid. But he turns around, he gets his finger in her face and he's like, that man has no business being around your boy. Right. Can you tell I've seen this movie a bunch of times? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And that's when she says, oh, no, we're just dropping him off in Vegas. Yeah. But so, anyway, Walter gets in the car. They start driving off. I love how the uncles start talking about what they can do. They're like, we yeah. need to go, you know, we'll get a lawyer. And Garth is like, they're not going to take a kid away from his mom and give it to two 80-year-old bachelors or however old they are. Right. And he's like, well, we'll pay her off. We'll buy the kid. They could have probably done that. They it would have been pretty easy. I mean, they've been buying everything else lately. True. And all she wanted was money anyway, so exactly. they probably could have just done it that way. But, and so anyway, so they show, uh, they show Walter in the car, and then he is wondering, like, okay, where are we, you know, where, where are, are we, we really going to go? And then that's whenever she said Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, he, which I was well, like. he was like, no, after Vegas. Yeah. Oh, Stan's going to need a lot of care. And then she's all feeling up on the mummy man. Yeah. It's like, really, Mom? Yeah, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> That's true. And then that was the point where he opens up the uh, the, the car, car door. door. And at first I'm like, don't do it over the bridge. <laughs> but anyway, he waits until after the bridge, and then he tucks and rolls out the side of the you know car while the car is moving. And see, that's something, like, the Walter at the beginning of the movie would never wouldn't have even no. occurred to him. But right. he's been hopped up on... Like old man testosterone adventures and, fairy tales and yeah and adventures, so he's just like screw it, I'm out, bye. Yeah, <laughs> and so sure enough, he tucks and you know rolls and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So she of course stops the car and, and goes stand into the dashboard. That's true. I love that scene. Yeah, okay. that was nice. So she you know runs after him, mm-hmm. and he basically you know tells her like I'm out. I'm yeah. You know, do what's best for me. For yep, a change. Exactly. Yeah. And what I thought, what caught my attention on that scene wasn't even the whole do the best for me part. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that he looked at her and goes, has he hit you yet? Right. And she's like, mind your own business. Yeah. Yeah. That's your kid. Exactly. You're going to have him living with the dude that's going to smack you around? Really? And he already smacked the kid around. Exactly. So he, you know he's not afraid to hit people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, no, he literally need him in the gut. Mm-hmm. That's more than just, you know, smacking somebody. Yeah. Okay. So, of course, yeah. she does. Um, She lets him go back. Yep. Which, really, you couldn't even drive the kid back yes. to his uncle's house. <laughs> it was, like, two miles away. The driveway away. is, like, a mile and a half long <laughs> by itself. Exactly. And he comes walking up the driveway. I know, with the suitcase. Go crazy because they're happy to see him. Exactly. What I thought was also cute was the uncle sitting on the porch. Oh, a salesman will be here in a couple of hours. They yeah, just look miserable. They do. So, and then when he gets back, he does what I call the Walter dad speech. Oh, yeah. He's like, things are going to change around here. He's You're got... alive till I get out of college. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's somehow, you know, that's somehow uh, on them that right? they have to stay alive. And he's like, you're going to eat better, more vegetables, less meat. Yeah. And Hub is already throwing his hands up like, nah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not good. doing this. Tapping out. Yep. Um, and then it finally cuts back to like present. What was I guess present day? Right. And you see them, and they're flying in the plane. And this is where my husband ruined it for me. <laughs> because, like I said at the beginning, I hadn't seen this. Right. And he, they were, whenever they were talking about, you know, like, you can't die until I'm out of college or whatever. Yeah. Well, my husband was like, yeah, no, they will, they'll be dead in about five minutes because of that plane crash. <laughs> And instead of him lying and saying that he was, like, kidding or anything... He just let it sit there. Yeah, he just let it sit there. you kind of know that they're dead at the very beginning of the movie because the sheriff calls. I guess. It's your uncles. I know, but I didn't think about it. And something that's kind of reoccurring throughout the whole movie is, you know, Hub talks about wanting to die with... Go out with his boots on. Yeah, that's true. So, you see Walter meeting the sheriff um, at the farm. Right. And the sheriff walks him back to the barn... And the plane is upside down. Through the barn. Hanging out the barn. Which, I'm sorry, there would have been blood and guts, guts and, and shit everywhere. Else, of course. Yeah. And they're like, the sheriff's like, the nearest we can figure out, and I'm sitting here going, what's hard to figure yeah, out? Yeah, it's pretty obvious. They tried to fly through the barn upside down. Yeah. That is some hold my beer redneck <laughs> shit. <laughs> I have a feeling that unfortunately it was just they they uh, messed up while flying and slammed through the barn. Possibly, possibly. Or you, do you think they killed themselves? I don't think they killed themselves. I think they were trying to fly through the barn upside down. Because that makes sense. Yeah. They probably well, had dementia. They were old as as hell. In their nineties is what he said. Yeah. So. They probably were just had dementia. Right. And then, of course, they the sheriff pulls out the will and he hands it to Walter. And all it says is, everything is left to the kid. Plant us in the damn garden next to the stupid line. Yep. I was like, aww. aww. <laughs> so, you think the movie's over, but then you hear the helicopter. Yeah. And it comes down, because the sheriff is like, CNN's been out to see all this. Right. Of course they would. But... The helicopter lands, out hops this guy, another character actor that I've seen all over the place. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. He was, I can't remember what his name is. I want to say he's a Keegan of some kind. Well, I can look real quick. Yeah. I've got IMDb, um, but keep going. He was on that sci-fi show. Oh, it wasn't Eureka. It was something else. Eric Balfour is the name. Okay, so I wasn't, I was way off. But he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. Haven, Six Feet That's Under. That's what it was. Haven's the one I was thinking 24, of. Skyline. Yeah, he's done a whole bunch of different stuff. Yeah. So he pops out and he's playing the Sheik's great, great grandson? Something like that. And as it turns out, um, the whole oil in the Sheik's land thing, that was real. Right. And so they're filthy rich. He's got his son with him, and they're like, uh, you know, I wanted to come and, you know, see what happened, because these are the two men my great-grandfather always said they were the most, what was it, honorable adversaries, something like that, and then it's into, um... So wait, it was the Sheik's great-grandson, though, that came down? Because the Sheik's great-grandson is played by some guy named Daniel Brooks, that's probably the younger little boy that was running around. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, bottom line is basically the movie ends with him being like, oh, you knew these guys. And the kid's like, yeah, they really lived. And that's where it ends. Yeah. 
And we so. also found out too from the uh, from the pictures and stuff like that that he um, was a cartoonist. The kid grew Walter, up. Yeah. Walter grew up and became a cartoonist, and he did cartoons that were and like a comic strip. And, right, and yeah. yeah, he did a comic strip, and it was based on his growing up, growing up, yeah, two with, crazy uncles and a lion. Yeah, and like they had like the dogs and stuff like that. So here's the thing: did they end up eating the pig? Because I don't remember. Because I, I don't remember really seeing the pig much after a while. Like you saw all the what? dogs. It was always running around with the dogs. I know that. But after a while, it didn't. I a scene where there was the pig and a chicken looking in the window while they were trying to eat sausage and eggs. <laughs> yeah, that was I funny. thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, that was cute. So, overall, how many lions would you give it? I'd give it four. I'd give it a solid four, too. Yeah. Uh, it had a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, so not great. Not great, but not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah. It's one of those movies where it's pushed like more of a kid family movie. Right. And so I think if, like, an older kid grabs it to watch it or something, then they're not going to really be impressed with it. Well, like I said, because at the time when this came out, I was 18. So it's like, yeah. I was not interested in You were not the target it. audience. Yeah, exactly. You were not the target demo. No. Um, so, some interesting stuff about the movie. Mm-hmm. When it initially came out, it got mixed reviews. Right. It pulled in $76 million and the budget for the film was 30 So oh. they made a nice pretty penny on nice. it. Nice. Nothing like Avengers, but let's be real. Well, yeah. But hey, at least they made more than their money that they spent on it. Yeah, so they that's made all their money good. back. And the actors in this film are one of the things that really kind of caught me. Because you had big names. And they were big names long before they did this movie. You've right. got Robert Duvall, Michael Caine, Kira Cedric was in it, and then... Well, and Haley Joel Osment at the time was a big actor. Because he was kind of fresh coming off The Sixth Sense. Well, because he had already done, like you said, The Sixth Sense, Mm -hmm. which I think was probably a few years before that. But he had already done The Sixth Sense. He was in Forrest Gump. He was younger than that, though. Well, like he only, he looked he in Forrest Gump he looked young. He looked he was. But I'm just saying, like he had already started having a pretty big career. Yeah, he was off to a really good start. Yeah. Now, since then, of course, everybody's kind of skyrocketed. The only one you don't hear much about anymore was Haley Joe Osment. Yeah. But I looked him up on IMDb. He's still doing stuff. He does a shit ton of work. Yeah. He does, he does voiceovers. Right. He does animation. He does video games. Right. He does, I don't know if they're B-movies or just smaller movies. Yeah. But there's also a lot of independent movies on his resume, right. too. So, I mean, he is still working. Very much. Right. I thought, you know, after Secondhand Lions, he just kind of fell off for a while. Yeah. And one of my favorite YouTube videos called The Slap, where this dude basically just does a little social experiment. He puts two strangers together and has mm-hmm. them slap each other. Okay. <laughs> it it actually turns out way better than it sounds. Yeah. But I didn't even realize it. He's one of those people. Really? He's in it, yeah. So did he slap, like, just a stranger, or was it, like, another actor? It didn't actually show him slapping anybody, but he okay. got slapped by the person he was paired with. Okay. And he was really nice about it. Well, that's good. <laughs> but I had no idea that he would had anything to do with that, because I watched that video ages ago. It's a couple years old. Yeah. And I'm like, that looks kind of like that kid from Secondhand Lions. Yeah. Well, and let's be real. Unfortunately for Haley Joel Osment, even as a kid, he wasn't that cute. He's and he's not now either. As I don't an want adult. to be mean. I like the actor. Yeah, I like he's talented. The guy. Right. I don't know. Looks department. He's he's not that cute. 
think he aged particularly well. He's not yeah. a bad looking guy. No. But he's not Brad Pitt. No. But of not. neither's your husband, so kiss it. Burn. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> hey, at least you have a husband. That's true. You know, the only male influence I have in my life right now is my Labrador. Aw. So. And he's just peeing on everything anyway. Nice. Alright. So that's what I got. I got it. I got a couple of, you know, interesting facts. Let's do it. All right. So this is all from, of course, IMDb. Naturally. Right. So Haley Joel Osment was attacked by the pig during filming. The lion had numerous trainers and handlers, (laughs) but no one thought the pig might be a menace. Well, (laughs) pigs are mean. That's true. They can be. My uncle in Oklahoma, my cousins were into like the 4-H and all that stuff, and they actually did raise a pig. Right. And they were mean. Yeah. Like, they killed... The mama pig, like, killed a litter of kittens that the cat had in the back. Like... (laughs) Wow. They look cute. It's almost like a hippo. They look really cute. You get in their way, and they're going to take you out. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so... About that, the fight scene. Mm-hmm. So in the fight scene with Robert Duvall against the four teens, Travis Willingham uh, was hit three times in the face by Duvall. This was due <laughs> to a miscommunication. Uh, Duvall repo- reportedly told him afterwards that he thought Willingham was a stuntman and that he was supposed to hit him. The cut, <laughs> the cut used was the final one when uh, Travis's nose finally started to bleed. You know, something else that occurred to but me, that would be you a... never see blood in this movie until that Right. Point. But you know what's funny, though? Like, how cool of a story would that be to, like, tell your kids and grandkids someday? Robert, like, Robert... kicked my ass. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't supposed to, really. He was supposed right? to be a stuntman. Like, that's still kind of a cool story. It is. I like that. You know, to tell somebody. And here's another thing. So, Michael Caine said that early in his career, he once held uh, Sean Connery's hat while he fought and beat four men in a nightclub single-handedly. This may have been the inspiration uh, for the scene in which Hub also fights and defeats four men single-handedly while Mm -hmm. Caine and Haley Joel Osment's characters watch. Yeah. That's kind (laughs) of cool. I just, I really love that whole, I love most of this movie. I'm not going to lie. There's a few scenes where I'm like, okay, I'm a little old for this. Yeah. But I still just like it. Now, here's a question for you. Did mm-hmm. you see the original ending by any chance? Because I didn't know about this. It says, the ending was reshot due to negative test screening feedback. Uh, the reshoot cost $600,000. And then it says the original ending is available on the DVD. I have not watched the original ending. I'm kind of curious now about how it ended. Right. Maybe they actually showed the bodies. Oh God, don't do that. <laughs> Let's, we've been like boosting up these 12 year olds with all of this really awesome That's advice. True. Let's traumatize them now. Hey, it could happen. <laughs> so. No, I haven't seen the alternate ending. Yeah. We'll have to do a little add on later. Oh, and you wanted to know what year this was supposed to be? We were in high school when it came out. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about, like, when the movie was originally set. So it says, according to the postage stamp on the envelope of the letter Walter gets from May, the movie takes place during the summer of 1962. Yeah, so it's, like, early 60s. Because that's just it. Whenever we first started the movie, I was, I I knew it's, like, okay, it's obviously not the 70s or 80s. Right. I didn't know, like, okay, is this the 50s? That's what I was leaning towards. Right. But then you also have to understand... It was still Texas back then. No, that's we're, true. We're, we're not as quite quick on the uptake when it comes to stuff like style. Like, that's true, we too. We jeans over dresses most of the time. True. But that's kind of all that I've got. Sweet. 
What are we doing next week? Next, next week, week is, is the fifth element. So dun, we are dun, going dun. from 1962 to like yeah. way in the future. <laughs> yeah. Please join us back. We are, I'm Laura. No, you're Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're Nikki. I'm Laura. <laughs> and this has been Breakdown, Breakdown from, from the, the Couch. couch.